and welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. Looks like we got everything going. Guys, uh, check on the sound. Make sure we're doing okay. Uh, make sure things all copacetic. If it's not, yell at us, scream at us, throw things. John will catch it and throw it back. Um, that other than music that, is so long, I kept waiting to get on here. <laughs> In case anybody doesn't know, up above me is Gonzo. And then over to that side of me is... Uh, Actually, no, the other side yeah, of me is, <laughs> is John. <laughs> everything, is, everything is in reverse. It's madness. Yep. Um, other than that, um, welcome to another episode. Today we're going to be talking about... Kathy's going to give us her review and playthrough of Warcraft. Are we not episode number anymore? Not that I know. I totally lost track after not being here last week. Uh, and I, I will be mean, talking about Conquest. John, what episode are we on? It's Kathy's job. Why does it get stuck with me? I, you have one <laughs> job, Kathy. One job only. Oh my god, it's like so difficult. I don't even know if it's episode 88 or not. Uh-oh. 89, 90? 88. 88, yeah. Just so you know, that's, that's me wasting time as I click through to get to YouTube to figure out what the hell episode it is. <laughs> I, I know, it's... it's labor-intensive. It is. So for this episode, uh, Kathy's going to give us our talk through of Warcry. Warcry. Uh, I'm going to be talking about Conquest. Um, and then, John, do you have anything that you want to talk about? No. Yeah. Stuff. Stuff. Alpha, whatever. You can talk about Warcry. I, I, I mean, talk about Warcry. Not, not really. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I should have written something down. Just see this episode 261 of Painting with... What? <laughs> what? I... And then uh, we will have a very robust without me, John. Oh yeah, <laughs> painting without me. <laughs> 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 Except no one's painting here today. No, uh, I will not be painting. But, but not painting with me, not John. I, mean, I I am working on a project while we're doing this. Mina, I have to. John, we do love you, but you know, needs so. lost. Uh, let's go ahead and get our thank yous and everything out. I um, want to thank all of our sponsors for providing stuff for us. Uh, Tectonic Craft Studios. Dan the Man, you should see him at Gen Con this coming weekend. He should have some cool Teaching products. A crap ton of classes in the miniature hobby event. So. Yep. I mean, give him a hug if he wants a hug. Remember, he's yes. a monster. Con, don't hug someone if they're not willing for hug. You should go in yes. arms. If they're not arms, then no hug. <laughs> um, the arms aren't out. <laughs> also, we want to thank uh, excuse me, uh, Muse on Minis. They will be at Gen Con also. Um, we thank them for surprise. You don't happen to know what booth number they are. No, I do not. I'm not. Now I feel like I need to go to the Gen Con website and go look up. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say 42 just because it's the number that comes to mind. Yeah. Well, uh, they'll probably be selling a lot of uh, uh, judgment stuff there too. By the way, Kathy. Yeah. Uh, because they're very, very big into the judgment. And they're a very big supplier oh, cool. of judgment. I've been, I've been hearing a lot of buzz about judgment. Yeah, well, they they got a huge game coming up at uh, Warfare Weekend, and so they're really, really pushing it right now. So uh, you'll probably see a ton. Of, and the models, oh my God, the models are insanely cool. So that's something you should uh, look forward to. Uh, on top of that, we have also Mechanica Studios, which I meant to put up the uh, contest this week, but of course. Um, health things kind of took over. Uh, <laughs> I mean, 
Life happens. Life happens. So I didn't get to. Uh, I will be doing that shortly uh, because we do want to give that away. That way we're not fighting with Gen Con. Yeah, we're, 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 yeah, we're going to do it after Gen Con uh, so we don't have to worry about that. Uh, Kathy will not be here next week. So I'll have to just deal without that. We'll be trying to figure out what we want to do as a episode anyway. It's going to be hard to replace her for one day, but we'll try. Who is Muse on Minis with at Gen Con? Um, Discount Games Incorporated? No. Are they not going to be at Gen Con? They're usually at Gen Con. They're they're not listed as their own booth. Oh. So I don't know where to find them. Oh, usually they... uh, I bet you they they might be with Judgment then. I did just see Parabellum War Games. Oh, yeah. Go by them and say hi to them, guys. I will be writing this booth number down right now. Yeah, go say hi to them. Parabellum War Games is booth 2865. That will be way towards the back end of the exhibitors hall where all the cool stuff is. Oh, yeah. Usually that's where all the cool stuff is. Fair. That's fair. That's where all the new cool stuff is. Uh, yeah. Go say hi to them. Tell them you, ta- you saw us on, you saw them on our podcast. That'll be really, really cool. Uh, yeah, we want to cool thank them again much. also for sending us a free copy of the game. Yeah. yeah, that was really amazing. That was like. I'm like sitting there and I got this big box at my doorstep. I'm like, what is this? Came from Greece. I think I know what this is. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. That is, that very is, cool. That is very cool. see if it picks up at all at the local store. They actually got some copies in. So I'll be chatting with the guys there and I'm interested to see what, what's going down with it. Yeah. Um, so we want to thank that. We want to thank all of our listeners too. Guys, I mean, we have a lot of people that listen to us and not watch us, which is still cool and great. We have no problem with that whatsoever. That makes it even cooler um, than anything else because you know, we know that everybody can't just spend the night with all of us and our pretty faces. Um, so we want to thank all of our listeners that listen to us on all the different platforms. Uh, we have to know that people, we have people that listen to us on uh, Stitcher and people that listen to us on a couple of other things. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, people that watch us on Patreon or our, our Patreon subscribers. Guys, y'all are the one that keeps us open and running and going um, more than anything so we can keep on bringing content to y'all. Um, pretty much we will be changing up some of the rewards soon, but they'll be pretty sweet. Um, if you're new to uh, our channel and you want to support us, you can always hit the like and follow buttons on all of our social media sections. And if you want to help us out, uh, Patreon's a really good way to do that. If you have an Amazon Prime account, hey, that's free to give us a, a subscription to that because uh, that costs you nothing because you get it free. Um, so more than welcome to do that. Uh, we, I actually do it myself. And yes, so as myself. do I. Yeah. <laughs> Subscribe to our own channels. Yeah, so, um, so we want to thank everybody. It, it means a whole lot to us that you listen and watch and everything. So um, also, if you see Kathy out at Gen Con, say hi. She she and could be a little weird, but she's she's usually friendly. Come up and hold your arms out, and I'll hug you. <laughs> if your arms are not held out, you know, high five, fist bump, it's all good. Kathy, where are you going to be hanging out at Gen Con so people know where to find you? I'm going to be hanging out all over. All over. Gonna be a, Jim a will mixer. be at the Badger Airbrush booth, booth five something, in the 500 aisle. Yep. In the back. Something uh, awesome, I'm sure. So that's like our base, you know, mm-hmm. which I will return to, but I will be out uh, and about. Out and about. Try, yeah. Trying to see all of the things. Are you going to be taking a ton of pictures? I certainly hope so. Well, maybe we can make sure and get those posted everywhere. 
that we can have it. Um, so, guys, <laughs> back to the, what we're doing. Uh, we just want to say thank you for all your support. It really means mm-hmm. a ton to us. Um, <laughs> we do have at least, I know, one tribute today. Um, and that is um, our late passing, passing of Rudger Howard. Um, I know Howard. A, a lot of people always say um, Blade Runner for him. But we also got to remember things like Lady Hawk. Yeah, Lady Hawk, Blind Hitcher, Crossworlds. He was in uh, at least one Batman movie. I think he was in Batman Begins. He's done a ton of smaller roles, too. People forget that. that And also international movies as well. I think he was also in Hobo with a Shotgun. That was him, I think. Yep. Supposed to be very good. I haven't seen it, but it's on the list. I, I just remembered Lady Hawk a lot because that movie was super cool to me as a kid. Oh, yeah, I loved that one. It's I have that. movie. It's, I enjoy it, but, man, there are parts where they're like, what? <laughs> well, just yeah, a little, it's not like, the best movie, what? but it is really fun. Yes. It is very fun. It, it is a very fun movie. Um, I enjoyed it a lot, and so that's where I remember him from uh, more than yes. anything. Um, so, to him, uh, is anybody else we need to give a shout-out to? Not that I know of. So... To Riker. Cheers. Cheers. John, what are you drinking today, by the way? Oh, that was a shot of uh, Firefly Low Country Sweet Tea. Uh, vodka with, uh, you know, flavored like sweet tea. Hoping Scotty <laughs> uh, is in the house. I'll be following it up with uh, this uh, Calypso Southern Peach Lemonade. That sounds uh, yummy. Kathy, what are you drinking? I'm drinking the last of my Malibu Caribbean rum with coconut liqueur. The fizzy oh, pink man. lemonade. It is <laughs> yum yum. Oh, yum yum. Uh, I am finishing up. Um, I'm working on a bottle of Evan Williams. And damn, I forgot what that was like. Just uh, regular Evan Williams? Yeah, just regular Evan Williams. Uh, I, I had a like bottle. their flavored whiskeys, too. They do a good job with those. Do they really? Yeah. I haven't tried They're the very flavor, on the so. flavor, but that makes them a great mixing in there because you get that hit of flavor with them. I, I'm looking forward to tomorrow, though, because tomorrow I know there's a bottle of McCullen 12 that's got my name on it that I'm going to be drinking. Um, just talk to us all. It's okay. And I can't wait to get... Uh, that sounds amazing. Yes. Um, can't wait to get a, a couple of sips off of that tomorrow. Um, so... All right, so today's podcast, as we said, right, is going to be talking about Warcry, which there was a lot of that going on this week, uh, I noticed. And then uh, I'm going to be talking about Conquest, uh, what I've got done. And I'm going to see if I can bring my Conquest game to a friend of mine's house and do a little testing with it even there more, um, since we have some free time before um, certain, th- certain things go on. And I want to see if... Uh, I can see what it's like from a newbie perspective. And the reason why I say that is because what's going to be going on with this question about me playing the game. <laughs> if they don't want to finish it, everyone you, you'll make uh, cupcakes with it. Okay. I'll see. I'll seize. I ain't got no problem with that. I mean, uh, that sounds good. I'm not much of a Williams fan. Someone brought it over and left it and said, here, you could have it. And I'm like, okay, I'll take it. Um, so, oh. Kathy. I want, I want Captain Mizzy's uh, Evan Williams cupcakes. 
Uh, Captain Mizzy, you are now been challenged to make some Evan Williams cupcakes and send them to Kathy. Or make them. Well, it's not really a challenge. Be there. I just think it would be yummy. <laughs> that sounds very yummy, and I had a lot of food today, but that does sound yummy. <laughs> sounds interesting. So, Kathy, what I'm is Warcry? What is Warcry? What is Warcry? Like, not in the face, not in the face? Yeah, <laughs> yes, it's like that, a Warcry. Uh, it's a, a new GW game. It's a skirmish tabletop game. Uh, with miniatures and terrain. Uh, the footprint of it, I think, is like two by three. I'm just going off memory. Because, yeah, you know, like it would be too much for me to actually look it up on the interwebs. Yeah, it's something like 28 by like 33 or something. Yeah, it's, it's, it's small enough where we could just put it on a regular, regular size table. Those yeah. crazy games workshop guys, almost like they play on that shit. Right. Well, they didn't with their Blood Bowl, their new Blood Bowl boards that they made bigger than the old ones for some nebulous reason. They don't need to be bigger. The old ones are perfect. Right? Well, the boards are larger scale in Blood Bowl. Uh, the, uh, the bases are slightly bigger now to fit with their, you know, Age of Sigmar size bases, which doesn't make any sense because Blood Bowl, as I was told by Andy Smiley was not of the old world. It was separate and outside of that, which I don't think is right, but, you know, that's the horse's mouth. I mean, honestly, I'm a big fan of Blood Bowl on square bases because models are moving in squares <laughs> and you used to knock them down and flip them I mean, over and I stuff. I guess. It seemed like that was logical to me. Hey, Via Schmidtbot's here. How Thank you doing? Thank you for the host, buddy. A few short days, my friend, and I'll get to see you. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Uh, the Cantina music was our noise that he is now hosting us on our channel. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. A what now? So, the Cantina music. There was oh, Cantina music. I don't hear any Cantina music. I we hear don't. Nothing. But they do. They do. Don't let them behind the curtain, Kathy. <laughs> oh, this, this yeah. If so. I took it off mute, I could hear it, hear it, hear it, hear it, hear it, hear it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Uh, I believe we're off topic. Let's get these uh, trains Super back off, off topic. Track. So, war cry. <laughs> war cry. I, I wish I had, like, written notes down because... On our earlier, we talked about how uh, there's been a lot of buzz in, with my friends about judgment too, and how cool the models are for that. Um, but yeah, so last weekend was the Adepticon staff picnic, and one of the guys who heads up Adepticon has it at his house down in Peoria, which is about two and a half hours or so from us. So our entire ride home was me and Jim talking about Warcry because I had a chance to play a few games of it and, and watch some other games of it uh, that weekend. And But that was a whole week ago. <laughs> so what you're saying is the memory may be spotty on it? <sighs> you know, I mean, I still spotty remember it kicking ass. It was so much fun. I loved it. So in this game, like in... 
Guild Ball and Malifaux and some of those games, you've got your, your character card, and it's got your stats on it, and it has the points value of that character. So when you're doing the points-based game, you can, you know, you know, you know how it goes. Yeah, you're, no. You're, you're adding up your points. Everybody knows how to add, I hope, if One, you're playing a tabletop two, game. Mini. What the heck is this judgment thing? It's a game. It's a game. With miniatures. <laughs> That's actually all I know about Judgment right now. But I have friends who are just like, look at these awesome miniatures. This game is so much fun. And that's like all I... That's it. That's I, all I, I know. I believe the uh, miniatures for Judgment are a larger scale. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like... Uh, two millimeter. That's like the old uh, Quizzer scale, right? Or similar to that? Yeah. But if you've played War Machine Horde, it's about the size of a, a jack. A warjack or a war a large war beast type thing. The same size as this model right here. Yeah, they're they're yeah they're they're large. Uh, for the people, okay, we'll, we'll go off topic for a second. Um, since I since uh, I've been talking with the judgment guys and Jay Larson is running the uh, tournament at Warfare Weekend. Uh, since we'll be running the national tournament and uh, end of the year tournament at Warfare Weekend for Judgment every year from here on out. Uh, oh. Judgment is a, and I hate to say this, a MOBA-style game. Uh, it's What's on, MOBA for those of us who don't understand acronyms? Uh, I don't remember what it stands for. But it is a like League of Legends-type uh, gameplay. Um, yeah, I don't know what it stands for. I never played them. I never got into them. But that's what everybody says that it's like. Uh, massive online battle arena, MOBA. Okay, there you go. Thanks, Banyan. I, I, what is? Yeah, but Banyan, what does that mean? What it is is you have <laughs> a small group of people. You usually have about five or six models, and those five or six models fight in an arena style combot. The Shut game. Up, be a Schmidt bot. I'm fight. not old. <laughs> and the. Um, And what it is, is you fight on a real small board. Uh, they're usually circles or rectangle or squares, I'm not sure. But they're like, the mats are like three by three. Okay. Uh, and you go to capture points. And when you capture the points, you get points. And your characters can gain levels and do all this other stuff. And get more powerful. Um, the models are gorgeous beyond belief. Uh, yeah, it is PvP, not PvE. There is nothing like that. Um, but the models are extremely gorgeous. Um, I know that one of our painters uh, this year at uh, Warfare Weekend is um, uh, doing a painting class. And her painting class are like 50 bucks. But you get, a, you get a judgment model and get to learn how to paint that model at the same time. That's uh, cool. Yeah, so I mean that, that's that's a really cool deal that she's doing. Uh, I know that Judgment at um, Warfare Weekend and at Gen Con are running specials. Like if you buy the two player starter set, you get special things. Um, I know if you you uh, play demo games, you get a certain amount of points. You can trade your points in for um, uh, more models. I think if you get like ten points, you can trade ten points in for a free model or something. Let, um, let me check something here real quick. Banion? No. <laughs> yeah, 
Anthony Haynes. No. No. Yeah, no. Already. He's already nixed you. Um, yes, the models are roughly about $50, um, give or take, depending on which ones you buy. Um, there are a couple of them that are, are about that price range. Uh, but they are very good models. Um, they are very worth the money. Um, other than that, yeah. It's a good game. It's got some cool aspects. It sounds um, really cool. It's just, I mean, God, so many games fighting for time now. Yes. Speaking of other games fighting for time, what about this uh, Warcry thing? <laughs> Warcry? What's that? Warcry. <laughs> What army did you play at your Warcry demo, Kathy? I played, well, the first one I did was the Iron Golems. So you have, in the starter box, you have the Iron Golems, and then you have the uh, the, the Beast. You know what? I'm just going to uh, go to the Games Workshop site for crying out loud. <laughs> so that I can remember what all this shit's called. <laughs> so what's in the starter set? Loading, loading. Yeah, I know, it's riveting. Right? So the Iron Golems and then the, uh, the uh, what are they? The Untamed Beasts. Untamed Beasts. The, the Untamed Beasts, they're both, they're both chaos, but the Untamed Beasts are slightly less tough and a little faster. And they have a big uh, kitty beast thing. And, thing and they've got the beast Noted. speaker the beast speaker can like he's got a special ability if you roll <laughs> doubles where he, he gets a, an action that will allow him to spur the beast onto a free attack which is really cool because the beast does some awesome damage cool so the the dice mechanic actually is interesting where you roll I don't, what is it, activation dice, or, it's, it's basically determines who goes first, you roll six dice, mm-hmm. I think it's six, anyways, um, you roll six, I roll six, and whichever one of us gets the most singles goes first, as in, okay. so like I have, I have doubles, I have triples, I, I managed to get a quadruple, um, I set those aside. And then whichever, whatever singles remain, whoever has the most gets the, uh, gets to decide, do I go first or second? So it's sort of like the opposite of rolling a poker hand. Okay. Yeah. So, but when you get the doubles and the triples and the quadruples, there's a card for each faction that has special abilities that you spend those doubles and triples and so forth on. And then there's some generic ones like you can add an inch to your movement if you spend, you know, these doubles. Or is it you can, specific doubles? Is it like double ones does this, double two? Um, depending on which uh, ability it is, uh, it can use, like, the value of your doubles. Okay. But, but they, don't, they don't all do that. Okay. That's cool. Uh, so that was interesting. It was helpful for me when I played the, the Iron Golems because they're slower. Um, than the beasts <clears throat> and we had these twists so they have these these other cards and I'm going to go back to the and look at this oh, fighter cards blah 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 
I wish I had taken notes. <laughs> uh, I took a note that inherently the, the inherent gangs or whatever they're called, groups for this, are all going to be little chaos war bands, though they do have rules or will have rules for all the generic Age of Sigmar factions. So they have they have cards, and I don't remember what all their card, but one is the twists. One is <clears throat> some kind of agenda, which is basically your your victory condition or your you know your objectives and stuff. And one is one is deployment. And we didn't really understand the deployment thing and didn't want to screw around with uh, figuring it out, so we just did the corner deployment like you do this opposite corner from me and that's how we deployed and we didn't know if we were doing it right but in the, the box starter deployment thing that's what it said to do so I still don't understand and I looked in the rules and I couldn't see a thing and I'm like I hope they FAQ this so that it becomes more apparent because me and the guy sitting across from me and either one of them we were like um yeah, I don't know how this deployment thing works. I don't know what a battle group is, and it doesn't explain what a battle group is. Like, your war band is is your war band. Yeah. It's not a battle group. A battle group is separate. It's something separate. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> and and I, we couldn't figure out where in it. I'm looking in the index. I'm looking in the table of contents. I see nothing about battle groups. I'm looking in the deployment section. And all it does is say, you know, you, you put your battle group here. And I'm like, well, how do you determine what your battle group is? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> so we ignored the, the deployment, special deployment cards. But we did the agenda, which is, of course, your your random victory condition. And it was uh, something with treasures. So he places two and I place two. And they have to be, you know more than four inches from the edge and more than four inches from each other standard kind of thing and in this particular one the treasure objectives are something that you pick up and own and you can move around with them as opposed to other ones where there's an objective and it's a static thing and you have to control the objective with the most guys the hell boop which is the other game uh agenda that i played and then they have the twist and in the first game, the twist was something like uh, swampy or marshy ground. And that's not what it was called, but essentially that's what it was. And so anytime you start your movement on the ground, it's minus one to your movement. So my guys all had a move of four. Um, so now it was a move of three, and my dwarf was hating it because his move is three to begin with, so he could move two. And this is where the terrain becomes handy. If you get on that terrain as soon as you can, now you're moving normally. That particular twist isn't going to be affecting you. So the terrain actually matters in this game. And they do a really good job with making some really cool-looking terrain. I've done that a lot lately. And, uh, and GW is good at that. Yes. The models were really fun, although they're kind of taking a page out of the uh, Malifaux model uh, fragility, kind of the, the really bendy, tiny, thin plastic parts. Oh. So that's, that's, that's yeah, the there, were a couple, there were a couple, uh, a couple times where I was picking up you know, a model that has these whippy chains, you know, kind of bent, bending around it. 
you know, and it's got like a flail on the end or, you know, this is big flail. And the chains are so thin. And when I go to pick the model up, they kind of squeeze in Ooh. towards the, the model. I'm like, how are ham-fisted gamers not going to break the shit out of this stuff the first day they play it? <laughs> I want you to break the shit out of it so you buy another to replace your broken chip. Oh, hell no. It's just going to stay broken. <laughs> okay. well, I mean, that's the reality, not the ideal. No, everybody's going to understand that that shit's breakable. It's like when I was putting together that ogre stuff back when uh, the new ogre kingdom stuff came out, the plastic ogre kingdom stuff, and they had this this I don't know scrap launcher or whatever, and it had these hooks hanging down off of it. They looked really cool, but the minute I go to file mold lines on them, they just bust off. So I ended up just cutting all of the hooks off because I knew that by the time I was done painting it, they'd all be broken anyways. So why try and be careful with them? Just break them off. I hate that. It's it's. I mean, it's a reality of small models, and sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. But I still dislikes it. But uh, yeah. So, but it was a fun game overall. I enjoyed the mechanics. Uh, the models look good. The terrain looks good. Uh, it's small footprint, which I like, and every game we played or that we witnessed being played was done in under an hour. That's good. Mm-hmm. So probably if you were to play it, and I, I know this comes down to it because it's probably going to become where it, it's going to be where it can be played at a tournament, you would do the best two out of three like Underworld, do you think? If that's what they do, I guess, probably. I don't know. I don't know if they do that. I don't know anything about Underworld. <laughs> Because honestly, think about that, Gonzo. You could end up taking almost three hours. For That's three true. Games. It's not like it's not like fifteen minutes for a card game. It's like forty minutes. It's yeah, at least going to be forty minutes. For it's, it's getting a lot. Hmm. So, well, I mean, what overall? Do you think you're going to buy into it or buy some stuff for it and play it? Or am I going to buy it? No, because I don't have anybody to play it with. The only reason I got to play it last weekend is because I went two and a half hours out of my way to go play with people. Do you recommend it? I do. I mm-hmm. do. If you have a gaming group, I think it's a solid game. As long as you don't mind the little chains breaking off on your dudes. Or the, no little, or the little ponytails on the chick that are, you know, sticking out by some tiny little, you know, fragile skinny thing that are just going to bust off. Just, you know what? Save yourself the trouble and leave that part off. I'm literally going to buy a three-person box of Malifaux that I only really need one model from because it replaces a model who has, like, just little ponytails on that have broken off, like, three times and now even plastic glue is not saving it. Yeah. It's just it's ridiculous. The, the fragility. Do they look cool? Yes, they look cool for, like, the first two times you play them before everything starts to break. Gotcha. I mean that's not just Warcry, but Malifaux and all these all these games now. And there's Malifaux's got a little better, a little. There's ones that Jim has from uh, Age of Sigmar that somebody gave him, and he's not going to paint them because every time he goes to like press a brush to it when he was priming, the model would just like give because it was on such a slender, thin. You know, okay. t- it's like balanced on its tail or something. I'm not looking forward to the uh, the aether wings, which are little flappy birds that have this little thing or like attached to a tree at a small point. I'm like, yeah, for fuck's sake, that is not going to work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
Just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. Insert yeah. Jeff Goldblum again. <laughs> <laughs> figure out if they could do it. Then they could figure out if they should do it. Exactly. So sounds interesting. I'm not sure it'll locally it'll fit in because so many games. And honestly, for once, I feel like GW actually missed the timing for a game like this because it came out just after Malifo released third edition, which is going to get a lot. Oh of yeah. And, and it's much more of an appropriate game for that scale. But, but you know, just, there's there's people who are very GW. I don't want to say fanboy because I don't think that's the right word. But they, you know, they're just all in on all the GW stuff, and and I mean, so hey, I don't. Fun. It's all good, right? Know, I, I don't think overall it's gonna be a problem. No, I don't think it's gonna be a problem either. But it's just one of those things I think about, like, eh, actually, just, like they missed the bus on one. They they were good on a couple others. They they, they missed on this one. I just right. wish I had a local community, you know, where I where I could get together with people and and play some Warcry. Fair enough. I can't count the number of games I've bought into now that I never play because there's nobody around. <laughs> so I don't do it anymore. I mean, I buy into games that there are before on the play, and I still don't play them, so don't feel bad. Right. Uh, Gonzo, aren't you supposed to talk about Conquest now? I am. Um, as everyone knows, I got the box set in. Um, I'm going to talk about the box set. The box set is huge. Um you get like 70 plus miniatures in it, 70 plus things in it. So there's, it's definitely worth the money, especially if you use the models for something else. They are a bit bigger than normal scale uh, that everybody's used to. Um, there are plenty of things in there. Um, it gives you a, let's see, I've got the rule book. Uh, it is a 143 page rule book. Um, then you also get a set of dice. Um, the objective counters, all the models. Um, but one thing that I think it's missing, and I don't know if they're going to do it online, I didn't check, is instructions on how to put the models together. For the most part, most of the models are okay. Like the individual trooper models, um, the heavy beasts, um, the cavalry, are, are pretty yeah, easy to put I together. Was, I was able to figure out the cavalry based on the... Uh, just looking at the pictures on the website. Yeah. But the uh, Abomination, which is the like foot and a half tall model, that thing, uh, that that was a little confusing when I put it together uh, originally. Um, so I was like, mm. it took a little while. I had to kind of dry fit a bunch of stuff all different ways and make sure, you know, I had to really think about it, uh, which wasn't bad. Uh, but if, I know if someone was brand new, it probably would have frustrated them quite a bit if you're a new model builder. To be fair, you should be dry fitting all of your models, even if you're Correct. 100% sure you're, it goes there. Dry fit, make sure it fits there. Well, I'm talking about oh, dry fit, yeah. not just pieces together. It's like, where's this piece go? Oh, and I I'm like, I mean, yeah. Malifo does come with instructions. You actually have to go on their website to get them. They're yeah. there, but still. Um, well, that was the only thing. Um, put together really simple, really easy. Um, plastic is fine. Uh, no floppy plastic. No, it's all hard plastic on a sprue, uh, so no big deal. Um, bases and the oh, I'm trying to make sure I call the things the correct way um, because it's there. There's terminology. That's one of the things I'm talking about. Um, stands. Uh, everything was pretty simple. Everything's uh, it was pretty easy. Um, 
Like I said, they're a bit bigger than normal game size pieces that we're used to. Um, but overall, they were really, really cool, really fun to put together. Uh, poses are pretty static, except for uh, the Abomination. Uh, since he's got, you know, four legs and two arms, you can actually kind of pose it where he's up on his hind legs or down on all four or one up and one down. There's a different, there's different ways you can pose the abomination. Uh, everybody else is pretty static except for the troops. They got a little bit of movement in the arms, uh, and like torso twist is pretty much it. Uh, and the head, uh, but overall it was, it was pretty decent. Um, I went and read through the book. I've read through the instructions three or four times. Uh, the game is very different. Uh, John and I kind of covered this a little bit whenever we were talking uh, with the guys on, when we had them on the podcast. It's weird to roll your dice low. Yes. It is. I mean, buddy, the Jason. Wait, wanting to, wanting to get to roll low? Yes. Yep. You low have to high. roll low in this game. Uh, so if you got a stat of like. Three, you got to roll a one, two, or three. Uh, or if you got a stat of five, five, four, three, two, one, you don't roll high. So it's kind of a weird concept. Um, I'm probably going to bring it over to a friend's house on Monday, uh, late afternoon, and let them test it out because they're not a miniature gamer. So it's just going to be kind of, you know, see where it is from another person's perspective. I'm always used to either rolling high numbers or adding the numbers together, blah, blah, blah. Um, there, Gonzo. Ain't no rolling involved. Yeah, no rolling at all. I'm, I'm actually kind of looking forward to that. Um, so I went through the book, and pretty much everything's what people think. Uh, you roll the dice, you do re-rolls, measure distance. You can measure distance at any time. No big deal. Um, you choose in the model. It actually gives you the point value of what you should play at mostly, um, which I think was 2,500 points. Uh, I didn't um, outfit the box set to see how much it was because it has where you can buy spells and buy abilities to change the cost of a model. Um, so that, you know, that kind of changes the thing. Like you buy the spells of your wizard or whatever it changes. Um, it's pretty simple in its basic form. Um, marching, shooting, clashing, all this other stuff. Um, Clash is your melee, pretty much. Uh, your attack is how many dice you do. Wounds, how many wounds it has. Resolve, if it's going to run away or turn away or anything. Defense and evasion. Um, something I thought was weird is you do have a defense and evasion. Um, and some abilities ignore defense and some abilities ignore evasion. Because you roll the better of the two yeah. most of the time. So I understand I, that. I do kind of like that as an idea. It's very interesting. Um, using the cards is kind of weird because what you do is you set up your hand, you set up your, you set up your cards, put them in order and then lay them face down and you draw so you can figure out what you want to do and how you're going to do it. Um, healing models, destroying models. I'm kind of going through the book just to make sure I don't forget much of anything. Um, anything big, um, everything's played in a phase. It's an, I go, you go type thing. Uh, with models, it's not like my entire army goes and then your entire army goes. It's mm -hmm. alternating activations. Yeah. I go, you go is the is the what we call the GW style where I do everything, then you do everything. Yeah, uh, I think what's really really interesting about this game that makes it uh, stand out is your entire army doesn't start on the board. Yeah, it was interesting when I saw that too. Um, which I thought was really weird, and they have a little chart which this 
game, especially being new, needs a cheat sheet per se of activation, you know, all, all the little things. Um, and then, you know, like light regiments arrive on a three plus on turn one, you know, so on and so forth. Um, so you got, you know, just, just things like that that can, you know, help you figure out how to do things. Um, you've got a lot of, you can do each model or stand, I should say, can do two actions and they can't do more than one action. They can't do the same action more than once except for March. So you could pretty much run double, double March, which is a run. Um, but everything can only be done once unless of course there's something that lets you break the rules. As we know, there's always something that breaks all the rules. Of course. Um, movement is done. If you've played a regimental battle game, you've seen this before and you know uh, everything moves in a straight line. If you want to turn, you have to rotate wheel. and wheel, uh, which I think that's a kind of interesting thing that you have to measure your wheel. Uh, and for newer players, that might be an issue because you're measuring a curve, they would think but you're not really measuring a curve. You're just measuring the distance it went. Yeah, you're more measuring a point where the furthest point of your base moved, how far that point of your base moved on the on Correct. The you wouldn't, you don't, you're not measuring the curve, but I, I can see how people could get this confused. Warhammer old guy, so I... Correct. Know yeah. Um, so it, it just thinks uh, the way reinforcements come in are kind of weird, and I'm kind of confused on it a bit because they say they come in on different areas of the thing. Um, yeah, different scenarios, they come in in different areas. Correct, and, it, and it's all based on the scenario and what you roll. Um, yeah. And what but, size they are, right? Correct, and, and what, what unit they are, too. Yeah, what type of unit. Like type of unit. Or whatever, heavy regiment. Um, and you can actually fail onto getting reinforcements on the board, so they never make it. Uh, but usually, it, I, I would rarely ever see where a unit wouldn't yeah. make it on the board. It is mathematically unlikely, but mathematically possible. Correct. Uh, charging, done pretty simple. You move your distance, roll a d6, and you get to add that. Uh, if you don't make it, uh, you still move it, but you're stuck. If you move it and you contact a model, you get your, you know, you get a charge off. Um, so, um, pretty simple. You can move through your own troops, but you can't land on your own troops. And if you declare a charge and you charge over and there's not enough distance, like you just kind of didn't do it right, you can actually screw yourself over quite a bit. Yes. Um, it, it is very, like I said, it's very regimental. So you're going to be rotating left and right and wheeling. Uh, old school Warhammer people will get this no problem whatsoever. This will be easy peasy for them. Um, that's sort of who it's aimed at inherently is the old school Warhammer guys who... Correct. Uh, Age of Sigmar isn't doing it for them because it's a completely different type of game, and then maybe Kings of War isn't doing it for them because it's it's a solid but very uninspired rule set. Uh, Kings of War, so some people aren't interested. Uh, it is a hard plastic, uh, so you're not going to get like easy melting. It's not rubbery, uh, so you'll 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 like it if you like hard plastic. Um, very good, very good plastic, by the way. Um, they do have like some of the things are reforming. Because the way you attack in the game, uh, when you're hitting arcs and you're hitting areas, uh, certain models can attack so many deep. Um, so, like, spearmen can get bonuses from going two ranks back um, or three ranks, depending on what you're doing. Um, shooting? Shooting is good in this game. But the problem is there's a lot of negatives for shooting. Uh, yeah, they, they, they're doing everything they can to not make it 
a sit back, take all the best missile troops, and make your opponent hate life because gun Correct. lines are not fun lines. No. Um, no. And some of the things that they've been doing, I think, is, is uh, if certain things are in the way, um, you take negatives to your shooting. If it's over a certain distance, you take negatives to your shooting. Um, the two troops that were in the game that I have right now, um, which I because I played on a four by four mostly. Um, there are some four by sixes, uh, but you would have to play a lot of troops for that to happen. Um, like the mercenary crossbow men that are in the box shoot twenty inches, uh, but the longbow men that come out later shoot thirty inches. So I mean, they're they've got some good distance on their shooting, but there is problems with shooting. You know, like over half range is already a minus one. Yeah, that, that type of thing. Uh, shooting if there's something in the way, like a terrain feature or another unit, negatives to it. Um, type thing. Um, you do roll to hit, uh, and then they roll to save, and you know that's just pretty much how it goes. Some things. Um, do bypass defensive saves. Some don't. Um, let me look through this. I'm, I'm kind of going through this a, a little bit quick because I know we don't have a lot of time. Yeah, I'm, gonna... I'm doing whatever I can off memory from what we did the yeah. cast. Uh, um, removing casualties, you remove from the back rank first and then move from the front. Um, all heroes, commanders, and characters belong in a unit. Nobody runs around solo. Yes. Because in real war, no one ran around solo. That's a good way to die. Um, there are a way to do challenges in the game. So you could challenge another hero to combat. So you can take out heroes. Um, there are panic type tests, which are testing morales, uh, which can cause problems. And you can get uh, things done. Uh, it, it, Banyan, it is very much Warhammer Fantasy in the concept that it is regimental battle like you like it. Um, you can have things like command, uh, standard bearers that give you bonuses, um, heroes that give you bonuses and things. So there's a ton, there's going to be a ton of familiarity to people that have played Warhammer fantasy. Uh, and you're going to like it. Um, yeah. it is very fast cause it's only played on a four by four models move pretty quickly. Um, things go in and out pretty quickly. Magic can be stupid, stupid good. Yeah. Um, because they have things that are. You check the range to see if you're in range. All right. You check to see what the difficulty is. And you check the, th uh, you know, the casting effect. And you can get rid of it. And there's a thing called scaling. Where if the spell is a scaling spell, you affect more than one, two, three, four, five stands. You can affect a lot more models. Uh, so it's not just, boom, lightning bolt. And it hits and does three damage type thing. Um, you have enemies that can interfere with it. Um, so, I mean... There's only a few spells in here. Like, for example, uh, Call Fog. You range itself, you cast it. All stands in the uh, caster's regiment counted obscured against all volley actions until the characters act again. So you get a defensive bonus. Um, fire Dart, 16-inch range, casting difficulty 3, inflicts one hit per success uh, hits, and have the cleave 1 special rule. So, I mean, there's different things like that. Uh, the one thing I think that they did really good is terrain. For everybody that uh, likes terrain, they did it just right. Uh, terrain has elevation. Uh, there's difficult water. There's all different types of terrain 
that you can have, and they also have garrison rules, so you can fight in castles. Uh, and fight people in castles. Or any sort of defensible terrain, not just castles. Like Correct. This old farmhouse, we're going to defend this house with this regiment. Correct. That kind of thing, yeah. Um, but I mean, everything like, uh, if a hill is height two, it lets you see, cause all models have a height requirement. So, you know, like standard troops are height one, two, three terrain has elevation. <laughs> That's weird. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> unintentional shots, Crimson, but yes, shots yes. nonetheless. Um, the one thing, like I said, and it's nothing bad about the game is there's just a lot of new things to learn. Yeah. Um, like very interesting rules. Uh, the rules are available online for free. I suggest you check them out. Yeah, I mean, because there's a lot of things like bloodlust, armor piercing, you know, fearsome, feral, line breaker. There's just a lot of different things that you have to learn that are new. Rake attacks, you know, rebellious, terrifying. Um, they, you, when you get the book, there's a bunch of scenarios in it, so you can, you know, check out the different ones, and it tells you, and it tells you exactly what to do. Uh, the scenario one, which is called Head to Head, um, and it's played on a 4x4. Four four. Um, you have four objectives that are 12 inches in on all four corners. Um, tells you how to deploy. Um, tells you how many victory points. And you're played for 10 turns or until someone has scored eight points. The only complaint, and I don't even say it's a complaint, is they don't tell you how much terrain to put on a table. Now, with a regimental game... Having a lot of terrain on a 4x4, four four, it, it, it can be a, a blessing and a curse. Because if you're playing with a long, large brick of models, you're going to be reforming. But that is one of the command abilities you can use is to reform it so you get into a better formation. Um, so they give, they give you definitely a, uh, a list of ones. Building army lists, pretty easy. You take and... Say what your point value you that you're going to play at, uh, which they recommend starters is like a thousand, or you do twenty five hundred, which is their standard. Choose your commander, choose all the stuff that you want to choose, and go for it. Now you can upgrade certain things, like uh, which I think some of the cool things that I can't wait to get a hold of is some of the more stuff that uh, the spires are getting, uh, because they have where is it at. Uh, da, 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 da. where is it? Centaurs, um, which I think is gonna be cool. They have Tyrannodons or Tyranno, Tyrannophons, um, Desolation Beast. They have a Siege Breaker Behemoth, uh, which is actually pretty cool sounding because it's like uh, very, very expensive and has a lot of cool rules. Um, it's got a lot of rules and it's expensive, must be good. Yeah, well, it's got it's, it's just it's just got 12 wounds considering the abomination has 10 so i mean it, it's it's got to be something you know pretty cool but i mean so if you're gonna buy like your standard um the marksman clones which are the archers for the um uh, spires is you pay 165 points and you get a total of three stands which are the three squares with four models on each stand Okay, you can buy an additional stand for 55 points. You can buy a standard bearer for five points and a leader for five points. And the leaders and, you know, banners give you bonuses um, up to whatever. So, I mean, you're going to be spending a lot of points. Um, let's see. Let me go to the marksman. Just to give you a comparison. Uh, I go to the blah, blah, blah. 
each of them have different rules too. So I mean, each faction has an own special little one game, uh, one time per game ability that is really really powerful. Uh, okay, so the mercenary crossbowmen are 105 points, which give you three stands. So I mean, you're getting you know, they're cheap. yeah, they're cheaper and they're 35 points per stand. They're they're really cheap. Yeah. So, I mean, compared to it, like the militia guy, which are the base troops, are 90 points for three stands. That's uh, really cheap, so fair. Yeah, so, I mean, there's, like, different things you can put in them. Uh, you say you play about 2,500 points? 2,500 points. So, you, you can field quite a decent-sized army, and there are yeah, a lot... Like a lot for a 4 4 but imagine you're going to be taking heroes and characters and leaders Correct. and stuff. Might yeah. not be as, as bad. Well, if you think about it, the leader which uh, you get is the Noble Lord, uh, and he's a cavalry model. He's 100 points right off the bat. Okay, yeah. But then you can buy things with him where uh, he has Arms Master, where he gets Cleave as a special rule, and that's 15 points. Uh, you can have him where he gets Warbands, and you can have a war lo- you can have an heirloom item, uh, depending on what heirloom you want to give him. You know? So, I mean, there's if you're a fantasy player, 100% go pick this up. Yeah, uh, if it's, if 100%. It and, and maybe Game of Thrones, uh, sorry, Song of Fire Ice didn't tickle your fancy. This might tickle your fancy. Take a look at the rules online. Look at everything they got. It's uh, www.para-bellum.com. E-A-R-A-B-E-L-L-U-M.com. And you can find all the stuff there. Um, it is too many games, Banyan says. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Banyan, too many games. Um, the um, a good problem to have. The uh, spires, which are in here, uh, they have mutations to their bodies, so they can have different things uh, happen to their units. So you can take like so many different mutations on the uh, units to give them different things, different abilities. So that's just you know what's different about them. And they have biomancers and pharaomancers that are like their spells. They're like more like buffing stuff uh, and spells, like as in pheromones. Yes. Not yeah, like, not pharomancers. It's an iron. <laughs> pharomancers like the big guys from War Machine of Hordes. Okay. What, so, like Egyptians? Pharaomancers? It could be pharomancers. Where they're, they're, <laughs> or like, like a pharomancer, like uh, a romancing the fae. <laughs> uh, but oh, if you want a good regimental battle game and a good thing, like 100% pick it up. Uh, I thought it was really cool. I only did uh, a few things against you know myself learning the rules, so it was kind of interesting to pull things out and get things moving. Excuse me, but uh, I really like it. It's going to be really cool, uh, especially terrain because I started printing off a bunch of terrain uh, for a bunch of games uh, for Song of Ice and Fire, for War Machine and Hordes, and for this too. So uh, definitely look into it. Uh, the box set is actually fairly cheap. I think it's like seventy five or eighty five. For all the models, uh, and the rules, and objectives, and you know some other accoutrements type stuff, but uh, definitely is worth it. I know that in November they're bringing out the Nords, which are the barbarians, uh, Norsemen, which have I believe uh, elementals, and uh, I think they have werewolves, Kathy. Were creatures? Uh, not one hundred percent sure on that. Gonzo, you're killing me. I like queer creatures. Do you know why? Why? I'm waiting for it. Wait for the chat room. Hold on. Queer bears? 
Uh, I'm not 100% sure. I know Where, I saw werewolves some people. are Banyan's shit. You get um, Banyan's fucking in. There was. Yeah, they're Vikings. We've never met, but we're like. Uh, Best buds. Each other's spirit we're animal. Um, but, Vikings! Werewolves! Yeah. yeah. The Nords are Vikings. Um, there was a video on recently. Why do Vikings always have werewolves? Yeah. What's up with that? I don't know. Like, like Minnesotans can't Minnesotans. have werewolves? <laughs> I mean, they can, but I think they're a little too chill for that, aren't they? Maybe. Eh, maybe. <laughs> they're, but, they're really just this side of Canadian. But everything looks really cool. <laughs> Uh, the Nords will be in November, and I think the dwarves come out a little bit before that. I'm not sure. Um, I see dwarf models. I'm going to take a look at those just because a well-done dwarf model looks good. I mean, like Lord of the Rings, maybe some of the Age of Sigmar newer stuff, not the old fantasy dwarves. Those guys were terrible. I really liked the... Uh, there was in the, in the Iron Golems faction in the war cry that i played there's one chaos dwarf oh and he looks awesome reset the clock she said chaos dwarf yep <laughs> see john you'll like the dwarves because one of their big battle engines is a t-rex with two side sponsons that are flame cannons <laughs> he said sponson that sounds like something out of batman ninja um yeah it's like this giant oh, reptile please. lizard uh, giant like T-Rex model and on the it's got a dwarf riding on the top and the front and then on the side it's got these two flame cannons on it. I'm trying to remember what was the game like Void there was a game called Void it was like a 40k Oh I remember game that. Yep. Where the one of the human factions like their one of their battle things was a, like a brontosaurus with a giant howdah on the back with a cannon and guys in sponsons you know like leaning back with their feet out in front of them holding the thing with fucking gatling guns. I was like, I don't know what that is, but I just bought it because <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. we still have a bunch of that stuff. They were the same people that uh, that made the game Keltos. Yes, it was Icor Games. Yep. Uh, I mean, that was the problem of working at Alliance Games Distribution. Sometimes you're like, that model is the awesomest. I must have that model. That was all Kev White too. It's crazy, but crazy. But yeah, the the Nords are Vikings. They do have giants. Um, they have, I know some were type creatures. Um, there was a video up, um, and I can't remember, uh, where it's at, but it shows a Viking town and the Vikings in it. Uh, the dwarves are, there's some pictures of the dwarves, um, quite a bit. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's quite a bit in there, um, for people to see. I'll see if I can find the video while we're talking, while somebody's looking at, um, uh, or we're talking about video stuff. Or we're talking. We're doing video gallery. Um, <laughs> our media. Oh, section. are you switching over to the media? Yeah, because it is that time, and I've got quite a it bit to talk about time. too. So the dwarf fluff disappointed Scotty. Which dwarf fluff was that? Did I just miss something? Oh, the uh, dwarf fluff for. Uh, uh, yeah. There's a couple minutes ago, but I've got. Uh, I don't know. I can. Talk about anywhere from two things to more than two things. I have two things I could talk about. Oh, one and a half, half a one. I did watch two different uh, shows this oh. week, which is uh, pre unprecedented. I played games and I watched shows. 
Oh, I, uh, I've got quite a bit to talk about. So, let's see. I have a total of, let me go to my list. Conzo. One, two, three, four, five. Five things. That's not bad. No, I'm about to say, I mean, you might get through that in two episodes. <laughs> uh, let's let Kathy start, because Kathy really has something to talk about, so we'll give her that. I do, I do, I guess, yeah. That's a resounding, you know, okay. Um, I saw the last of The Expanse. The, I had thought that I was done, and, and as John said earlier in, when we were talking, uh... It has a few times in season three where it feels like it's the end of the season. It's kind of like uh, the first Lord of the... No, the final Lord of the Rings movie where it has like 70 different endings where you think, this is it, it's over. Oh, wait, no, there's there's more. Wait, this is it. The entire last half hour of the film was a bunch of different endings. So The Expanse seemed kind of like that way in season three. Yeah, there was a point where it like, felt like an ending point and then it just kept going. Yeah, that's why I thought, oh, we're done. And Jim's like, no, I think there's a, a few more episodes left. And I'm like, no, 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 it's they, done. Stop before they even went through the ring. Yes. That, that, that was a natural <laughs> stopping point. You're like, it was like an end, but there are more episodes left. Like I stopped. The guy went through the. I think it was the one where the. The Belter, guy who's you know lovesick goes through the ring to Let's call impress stupid. his girl. <laughs> He's stupid. He's lovesick, which is the same thing, really. Um, and and I, I don't know why, but I thought that was the last one. Whatever. It wasn't. And I liked it. I, I liked how it ended. Um, I thought it was fun. I liked how the... Uh, it seemed like season three was kind of a journey of how these people... You know, who were so close, and then because of the one person's betrayal, or perceived betrayal, kind of fragmented a bit. And then how they kind of worked their way back together and and found that common ground again and and really became a family. Yeah, absolutely. And I like how a lot of them, uh, they're fighting against each other, but a lot of times it's not like their enemies. It's not like at the end they're like, I were more an enemy because you opposed me to this one thing. They're still you know, talking to each other still, I don't know friends, just, you, know, co- you know comrades, whatever you want to call it. Mostly yeah. with the, uh, the Beltas, if you look at that, they were either sides of it, but at the end they're there you know, sharing a drink because that's sort of how they are. I, I really like the one where uh, the captain and her first mate end up you know, getting stuck in this situation, and they kind of oh. s- spent that one episode, you know, with the two of them. I, I really like both those characters. I really like the way they played yeah. on and how it ended there. That, that I, was... I, I feel like all the characters were really deep. It They make, they don't necessarily make smart decisions, but they make decisions that make sense for that person. Yeah, yeah. And that's I still really wanted important. to... Throughout the entire series, I still wanted to slap James in the face. Not my husband, James, the character James. Yes. Holden, I just, I, I'm like, hold him. Yeah. Getting, he's I'm getting like, I, yeah, yeah. He does kind of 
come to a re- realizations, but it just, I'm like, you know, stop whining, you little baby. <laughs> <laughs> Pull up your adult pants and get going, boy! So, what do you give it? Like, how many space rippers you give that? I give it one. Okay. Because I really wanted to slap James Holden. Oh, that's but fair. I absolutely loved the Belter culture and the Belter Creole. You know the 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 whole sort of dialect that they they developed. You know that, that the writers came up with for that. I thought that was pretty genius, actually. Yeah, it's very good. So yeah, oh. yes. John, do we hit one so you can go for like two, and then we'll circle back around? Yep. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Uh. I watched the first two episodes of Magnum P.I., and I don't mean the new one. I mean the old one. You mean, like, for the first time? Well, I mean, I'm sure I probably have seen them, but do you remember what happened in the first two episodes of Magnum P.I.? Well, he ends up uh, breaking into Robin Master's estate. Well, because he's paid to. Right, to test the security, and ends up working there. I do, I sort of vaguely remember it. So it's funny you vaguely remember it, but it's not correct. He's actually already been hired by Robin Masters to test the security and to hang out there after he mustered out of the military. Um, the end of the first is more he gets to, you know, he's just testing security and ends up, uh, I mean, no spoilers, it's just find the fucking 80s for fuck's sake. Oh, good right? God, and He ends up yes. stealing the Ferrari and uh, stealing the Ferrari and then using it. And then, uh, you know, actually even told Robin Masters that his security was good and impenetrable even though he broke in, because he didn't think anyone else could do it, because he knew some inside stuff. So it's good there, and the whole idea is, of course, he's an ex, uh, I guess, Navy SEAL. Before Navy SEALs were something we talked about, so they never called him a SEAL, but that's basically what he is. Because he's Navy, and he's on the ground, you know, fighting he, uh, and Vietnam. Navy and a Vietnam vet, and, I mean, as a kid, when I was watching it, that's... That's all I do. I didn't know from SEALs or whatever. But I watch that every week SEAL. with my dad. Um, so the whole idea is now he's sort of like a private investigator uh, slash security consultant. He's, you know, if you will, security consultant, you know, for Robin Master. So he gets, you know, room and board and use the Ferrari and all for free, which is awesome in Hawaii. And then he does, you know, private investigator gigs for the money. And the whole idea is that uh, the first one is very intrinsically nom-centric because that was the time frame. That was the last great war, and everyone was talking about it. And he's basically, you know, one of his Navy buddies gets killed and framed for being a mule for cocaine. And uh, he has to go figure out uh, what really happened so that his buddy gets buried with, with uh, all full honors that he deserves. Uh, it was very good overall. The quality's still there. There's a couple parts you're like, eh, that's a little odd. Like, there's this highway chase, and the music is not appropriate at all. It's, it's just like, very 1980s. It's like they decided, let's, they're on the highway, let's play a, a, something that sounds like the Chips theme for it. I'm like, that's not the right music for a chase in this. But then that's pretty good. Well, you know, Chips was a big deal at it that was a same big deal. time. But uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought maybe they made the TC, the uh, helicopter pilot, the black one, a bit too comic reliefy. But again, this was sort of like the two part pilot that I watched. But yeah, they're still enjoyable. finding their characters. But I really liked TC and Rick. I felt like Rick ended up being more of the comic relief one in the end. 
I think that's how it is because this one he's playing off like he's you know a guy with a you know Humphrey Bogart fetish, you know running the club he, and all. He he kind of does. He's like he a yeah, like yeah, Casablanca. Yeah, absolutely. They even quote some lines from that a couple times <laughs> and like odd really? things. But I like that they he's it doesn't have quite the modern, if you will, sensibilities. He's not like bullying people and do what he wants like a guy goes like hey i want to clear my buddy you work there help me out he's like i can't without hurt my job like why don't you hurt your job so just you'll keep an ear out and let me know if you hear anything he's not bullying the guy trying to get anything you know from the guy he's just trying to get help to do what he needs to do it's it's very not modern tough guy he doesn't like really you know strong arm people in most cases but well they were not, all like, army buddies first. too yeah. Well, this was a different guy, but I mean, he doesn't shoot first or anything like that. He 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 tries to sneak his way through, tries to sneak his way through. Uh, I very much enjoyed it. I'm probably going to put that as my watch occasionally. You know, I need something mindless to watch. Let's throw on an episode of Magnum PI because it's on Amazon Prime for free. So I'm going to give it for a TV show. I mean, I'm going to take away a half a shot because of age, and or half a half a space repeat from her age, and leave it at one and a half. It's enjoyable, watchable. It, if you didn't watch it originally, it may not hold up as well, but I thought it was pretty good quality. John, so why don't you hit us with something? I, I, I cannot I, believe we were just talking about Magnum P.I. And not the new one. <laughs> and not the new one. And uh, I think that's kind of awesome. Um, I took a uh, thing from uh, Lee, and I started to watch My Hero Academia. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an anime. Uh, it's about a world where pretty much everybody's a soup has a superpower, which they call quirks. Um, it is very silly. It is very uh, quirky. It is actually not bad for an anime <laughs> that doesn't take itself seriously and for an anime that isn't serious. And I have a hard time with those a lot. Uh, animation is very goofy cartoonish um, with crazy effects and stuff. And, of course, there's some chibi things going on. And I kind of let me push that away. And I got to enjoy it because it's actually pretty good writing. Okay. Um, and, it, and it's stupid writing, too. Like, you've got to do this to be a superhero. What do you mean? I got to eat your hair? Yep. You have to eat my hair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like... All right, I can get this. It actually isn't bad. Uh, I'm only on episode like 35 or something. Uh, they're pretty quick episodes, only like 30 minutes or so. I, t- I had a lot of free time. Episode 35. <laughs> Gonzo, that's like 17 hours. I've had a lot of time. Uh, I don't sleep, guys. <laughs> I don't sleep. Um, and so uh, I watched it. It, it's it's pretty good. Um, I'm kind of curious as where they're going to go with all the superhero stuff and all the abilities. Uh, pretty much the story is about a kid that doesn't get a superpower. He has to earn. He he gets a superpower from another superhero, and he has to go to superhero school to become a hero so he can get the job of hero in the world and become a hero in the world. Uh, because if you want to be a superhero, you have to go to school for it, and then you can go do it. Uh, and so he's working through that. Um, he's got really cool powers. Uh, it's actually pretty neat. Kind of reminds me of some darker than black uh, episodes. 
Every time he uses his superpower, he can break a bone, or he causes damages to himself, so on and so forth. Uh, all the characters have really cool different powers. Everything's pretty neat. Um, it actually was, like I said, I was, I was impressed. It was actually pretty good. I'd put it off a lot because it looks kind of too cartoony. Too. The thing is, is there's not a, there's not a ton of sexual fan service in it, which is a really good thing for me. Um, so since there wasn't a lot of that, I was very happy. Um, they do have some. But you can tell that it's done for a certain reason. It's not like, hey, I'm going to jump through the air. So we're going to see nothing but panty shots for the next 25 minutes. Uh -huh. um, so, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like that, which is very good to me because I, I can't stay. I can handle chibi more than I can handle fan service. Um, fan service just really gets on my nerves. Um, so I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Uh, I'm not caught up to the current episode. Uh, I'll continue to watch it. Um I would give it maybe one and a half space herpes uh, because if, it's, if this anime is not your type of thing, um, you might have to, you know, turn it off. But it's actually pretty decent. Uh, I don't know that one. Uh, someone will have to remind me of it. So there you go. Uh, you have your choice for one and a half uh, space herpes. You can watch uh, My Hero Academia or you can watch Magnum P.I., the original series. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, for, for, and you know how picky I am on animes and yeah, yeah. how everything is. I was really, I, I had fun. There was a lot of good, funny moments. Uh, it is a comedy, but it does take itself serious every once in a while. Um, but I mean, it was actually pretty good. I enjoyed oh. it a lot. I'll watch the rest of them. John? Uh, all right, well, um, let me talk about this wonderful movie Bane and I watched on Friday. I got back from not doing a demo game with For Real because he didn't bring his stuff. And I'm like, let's watch something. I'm like, oh, hey, here's a movie on Amazon Prime. This is one of the money, Punisher movies I haven't seen. So let's watch Punisher Warzone. Oh, I sorry. mean, it's got Ray Stevenson in it. It cannot be bad. Why? It can be bad. Uh -huh. It was bad. I mean, yeah. Intro. So it is literally. Blood and gore for blood and gore's sake. It's not useful, and it's even more damning watching this movie post John Wick when you see what people could do. I mean, it's terrible. The action scenes are just not good in any way, shape, or form. Whoever is the fight choreographer needs to be beat up. <laughs> The director should probably be taken outside tied to a tree and someone needs to go get the shotgun because it's old yellow time on this motherfucker. Uh, I didn't even look who the director is. I don't want to. might spoil my opinion of someone who just had a bad movie. But it was terrible. Uh, the actors were all not good uh, with the exception of... I don't remember his name, but he's a black guy who was in two episodes of Doctor Who and he was also... Uh, the stepfather in the first couple seasons of Arrow. Uh, I'm going to try and find his name here. Wow, if I can spell it helps, doesn't it? Um, but there's a little girl in it who is probably only saving Grace because her stuff actually seems legit. Too so, legit? Not too legit. Um, there's this one, uh, also this other, uh, what do you call it? Uh, so Wayne Knight as micro as microchip is a pretty good 
uh, casting, but I mean, they waste him. He doesn't do much in it. Uh, Ray Stevenson is not good as Punisher. He tries, but the material's just not there. Yeah. Dominic West as Jigsaw is fuck awful. He's not sure what he's doing. He's not sure if he's doing, you know, something new or if he's fucking just the damn Punisher again. Uh, the actor I kind of like is Colin Salmon. He's uh, been in a bunch. He's been in a bunch of stuff, but uh, he was enjoyable, even if he didn't get much to do. He may be one of the other saving graces of this movie, and that's not saying much. But let me tell you um, the scene that sold me on this movie. There's these parkour bad guys who are working for Jigsaw, and the parkour scenes are terrible. They're not. <laughs> Like, there are amateur guys on YouTube who do better work than these fuckers. And they're going through, and one of them jumps over, uh, uh, you know, from one building to another. Then the second one jumps, and the rocket comes in and curves and hits him. Sweet. At that moment, I paused the movie, looked at Mania, and he looked at me, rewound it, we watched it again, without words. I mean, he had words, I didn't say anything. I paused the movie, I walked over, I got my sweet tea vodka... I poured myself a shot and I took that shit right then because it was necessary. <laughs> the movie did not get better from there. No. It's terrible. It is without a doubt the worst Punisher movie. Dolph Lundgren, come save me from this shit. That movie, so much better than this one. It is the worst Marvel movie I have seen. And I'm, I'm, I'm still a couple. I haven't seen Rises of the Surfer or either Ghost Rider because I have standards. Apparently, this is a, the terrible. Do not watch it. Just take my word on it. It's just fuck awful. Um, it is the worst movie I've seen this year by a fair stretch. Um, I'm just shy of giving it uh, five uh, space herpes. I'm going to give it four and a half. But even the driving scene, you know that old school thing with the driving scenes where they had the, the projector sort of thing in the back? And that's they did this in this movie, and it was from 2000 and fucking something. You can't do that. <laughs> Unacceptable. Fuck. Yeah, fuck that movie. Fuck the guy who made it. I mean, fuck. <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck. So, so, Kathy, do you want to talk about? Please save me from this shit. <laughs> I, uh, we started season three, the final season of Santa Clarita Diet. I, I snort laughed my way through the first several episodes. Well, the first, I think, four, four or five episodes. We still have a few to go. But, oh, my God, that show just, I mean, just cracks me up. I, like, I see, like, a severed arm just fly up and hit the wall and just slide down in a streak of blood. And I'm just on the floor laughing, tears coming out my eyes. You know, the way they did... Uh, the way they did the, the uh, oh, what's his name now? I can't remember his name. The head in the jar, or the head in the in the vase. You, you know who I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And and Nathan Fillion was was that guy, but you know he's been busy doing other stuff. So okay. he's a busy guy. Yeah. So they they they've got somebody else doing it, but the way they worked that in was fun and entertaining. And oh my god, all the all the disgusting shit on there that's horrifying is just so funny at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> then you're gonna like one of the one of the things I'm gonna be reviewing in a little bit. Awesome. So no no final review yet until you're finished, I guess. Yeah, I think I'll wait till the end. Okay. 
Um, I watched three series this week. Um, and I'm in the middle of one. Uh, Orange is the New Black came out. I'm still watching that. Won't give it. It's the final season, so won't give a review of it. Uh, the two things that I watched this week, um, and uh, one of them, uh, Banyan was asking about, is Another Life. Another Life is a sci-fi. It's a futuristic sci-fi movie where an alien artifact lands on Earth, creates something, and starts signal sending a signal to outer space. Uh, we as a human race try to contact whatever this artifact is, and then we also send a spaceship to where this signal is going, where we think it's uh, being sent to. Um, so there's two stories technically here. There's what's happening back on Earth, where they're trying to contact and get something to come out or talk to whoever is in the artifact, and then the space travel uh, of the crew to this planet. Um, it has, I can't remember her name, I don't remember her name, Kate or Katie. Uh, she played Starbucks in uh, Battlestar Galactica. Katie Sackhoff. Yes. She's the main character uh, in the spaceship. She's the captain. Uh, they have a character that is an, an AI, which is just a hologram. Um, they do have a few things where, you know, it's not just always on the spaceship. So they do some landing on some planets and stuff. And uh, it's got kind of like a lost in space type feel, uh, you know, exploring new planets, uh, which is really cool. Uh, mm -hmm. There are quite a few moments uh, that I was like, oh, this is really, really neat. And then I'm back on the planet. I'm like, okay, this is kind of boring. Yes, this is kind of boring. Okay, that's kind of cool. Uh, the stuff that happens on the planet is kind of slow. Uh, they don't show a lot of it. Uh, yeah, you're a little late for the pre-ramble, Legionnaires. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Um, oh, hey, Legionnaires. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it, it's... The stuff that happens on the planet is important. It's just not as good as what's happening on the spaceship. Sounds like early seasons of uh, of Arrow where you'd really they'd switch back and forth between the island and, and the city. And you'd be like, I really want to see what's on A, not on B. But you Correct. can switch it back and forth. Yeah, I mean, what, what happens, like I said, what happens on the planet is important to what hap is what's happening to them on the spaceship. Um, it is futuristic. So they're, you know, you've, they've got different technologies that we don't have here. Um, but overall, uh, there are a couple of scenes when I went, Oh fuck. Did they just do that? Yep. They did that. Shit. That's cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, holy fuck on a couple of scenes. It's just like kind of just some of the things that just happen. Um, the acting is kind of out there. Uh, there's a lot of hyper, you know, uh, attitudes, a lot of, uh, over the top acting on some stuff. A lot of Shatnerism. Yeah, um, but it wasn't too bad. Uh, I did, after watching the entire season, um, I think it's like thirteen episodes. Um, and watching it, it I went and checked the reviews on it. There's a lot of people that are pretty harsh on it, and I don't understand it. Um, well, it I mean the special. I will say this: the special effects aren't that great. They didn't waste their budget on special effects, that's for sure. That's a death knell for a sci-fi series, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it was a good, the good story. I'm excited to, if we get a second season, because I want to see where it goes, uh, because there's a lot of different things that are going on. Um, if you like sci-fi stuff, watch it. The only really bad sci-fi special effects was like, uh, 
happening on like faraway pictures or some space stuff. But I mean, for what's happening on sets and oh, stuff like is bad, good. Bad is what you're saying? Yeah, but I mean, it, well, it wasn't bad. It was just, it was, it was just, it was just there. You're just like, yeah, they could have spent more money on that. But special effects cost a lot of money. Um, the characters were great. Um, don't get attached to any. <laughs> Per se, because uh, they they really fuck with these people a lot. Um, they have a weird uh, the way the kind of spaceship is set up is uh, they wake up a certain crew that crew stays around, uh, and then they have other crews and other stasis pods. So in case they need backup people, per se. Um, so there's an easy way to bring in new characters, which I thought was a cool little concept. Uh, overall, I liked it. I would probably give it two space herpes. Um, I hope it gets another season. I would watch it. Uh, the last one I want to review, and I have to, and I think that everybody should watch this, especially if you like Garth Ines stuff, um, is... Should you not? If you don't, don't watch it, but The Boys. It is on Amazon Prime. It is based off his comic book series about a group of humans that take on superheroes. Uh, and the boys are kind of bad guys, but they're kind of not bad guys. Uh, the world is populated by superheroes. And to put this in simple terms, what if superheroes were assholes all the time, secretly? I mean, so, like Kingdom Come? Uh, probably, yeah, yeah. It's been a long time since I read and thought about Kingdom Come. But yeah, their Superman character is like, oh yeah, we're here to save the Justice American way, but I'm going to kill every one of you motherfuckers in here right now. Um, type thing. It is rude, crude, disgusting, blood and guts, gore. There, it it, it pushes the boundaries. It's it's like Kick Ass. If you saw Kick Ass, you would it, it it you would be prepared for this. But it is a TV show. It is like eight episodes long. It has they're about an hour to an hour plus long. It is super, super good. Super rude. Uh, some of the stuff that they say and do and some of the things they pull, you're just like, yeah, fuck, they just did that. Um, the writing is really, really good. Um, I saved one of the best lines, um, and I, I just, I, it just was great. Uh, the characters are solid, uh, down from the superheroes to the humans. There's only one reason I would watch this show. Why? Carl Urban. Oh, he is amazing in this, by the way. Carl Urban deserves our support because he is a fucking... He plays know, the main... Sci-fi and fantasy awesome dude who gets in everything and, and gives it his all every time. He is amazing in this, by the way. He is the main character of the boys. Um, the boys are a group of humans that are tired of superheroes bullshit. And they're out to kill the superheroes. Yeah. Um, because they, you find out that superheroes aren't you know, they're all not, not all the, the superheroes are Captain America and, you know, Superman. They're, you know, just as bad as the bad guys uh, type thing. Um, I, one thing that made me laugh my ass off is uh, there's a line in there about um, you played my butt like jazz. And I was like, <laughs> I had to pause based on what was going on. And I says. That's a damn good line for what was being done in this show because they don't hold anything back. They don't sugarcoat it. They don't 
relax, it is pretty much, you can watch the trailer on it. There's a red band trailer. Um, but if you like shows like, uh, kick-ass, uh, stuff like that, you'll, you'll enjoy this. It was really, really good. The only thing I was worried from the trailers is that it was violent for no reason other than to be violent, which, uh, kick-ass was not, it was actually violence at the appropriate levels. Um, there is violence, um, there, and there's some pretty bloody violence too. Um, but it is pertinent to the characters, to what they're doing, if that makes sense. Um, because they don't, they don't hold back in the show. Um, because the show is about superheroes that are privatized. They're all owned by a corporation. And so this is how they get to do all their superhero stuff. Um, and it, it, it touches on some pretty touchy subjects also. Um, but I highly recommend it. Um, there are quite a few scenes I was like, well, like I said, I dropped the F-bomb quite a few times because I was like, yeah, they went there. Now, I will have to say, I have never read the comics. I know Garth Ennis stuff. I know what he's done. I love Preacher, but I don't know. I never read this, so I don't know how true it is to the comic. So don't hold me to anything on that. Uh, if you read the comics and it's not like the comics, I'm sorry. But if you like it and it's... I heard it's supposed to be pretty close to the comics. They did deviate some, but I heard it's pretty close to the, the comic. Uh, for the most part, for the people that have read the comic. Um, I really liked it. If you liked, um, what was that other superhero show that came on Netflix not too long ago? Um, oh, God. What was that one that just recently finished? Oh, God. I can't remember what it was. Let me look up. There was one that was recently on Netflix. Um, it was the one time, the Umbrella Academy. Uh, oh, it's, yeah. yeah, the Umbrella Academy. It, it's dark like the Umbrella Academy. Um, so that's, you know, that's kind of how it is. Uh, a little bit more violent, um, more blood and guts. But yeah, if you like the Umbrella Academy, this turns it up uh, a notch to more. So zero space upgrades for me. Can't wait for season two. Holy crap. So, uh, but I like that type of, I like, I like when shows don't fit into this tight niche of what it's supposed to be. And there's not always a happy ending because it's supposed to be a happy ending. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I want to be surprised. I want to be, oh crap. Uh-huh. They just did that. I want it if it's appropriate. I don't want it just to do it. Yeah. Um, like, it, it's, it's joke about Game of Thrones and they kill someone just for the hell of it. I know that's not true, which is okay. If they do, I'm like. Fuck you and your story because it's a terrible <laughs> story writing. Um, it, the fuck if it isn't good, but if you do it for a good reason, like oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't done just to do. There were reasons behind all the deaths and stuff, uh, and it pertained to the story. It wasn't like they were just blowing tack nukes off and just nuking everybody. But, yeah, yeah. Like I said, that's good, but uh, some of the people don't. So yeah. we'll see. Uh, I highly recommend it. Go watch it. If it's not your thing, I'm sorry. Uh, it was mine because I don't, I, I can't stand shows that are predictable and this was not predictable. Even though I didn't read the comic, it just was really, really good. Oh, so with that, that's our show. Unless someone else has got something they want to say. I'm John. I'm Gonzo. I'm Kathy. Good ah! night, ladies and gentlemen. Oh.
expensive, that one, Yanzo. Gotcha on that one. Too many girls in the cask is crazy. What? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> 